in front of all of you. Um, I'm really surprised at the turnout we had today. Um, I was thinking we probably wouldn't have more than five or six people here. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to greet up there, then come here, welcome people, then sit in the audience, and then it'll provide the illusion that there's more than just uh, one person here uh, today. Um, the message today is uh, patience for the new year. And when um, Ryan asked me uh, to, to do the message this Sunday, uh, obviously I wanted to do something that was uh, for the new year, something that we can use to provide uh, a great start to this new year. So there's uh, various messages out there on New Year's, and as I was doing some research, I came across um, this message on patience, and I thought, man, this would be something a good way to start the new year, having patience. Because last year, I remember um, making a New Year's resolution, you know, to get a six-pack. I I wanted to write a novel. I wanted to skydive. I did none of those three things. (laughs) And uh, I thought, man, is uh, is it me? Is is, uh, what I'm asking God to be able to do not happening? What what is it, you know? And um, this year, I haven't made a resolution yet. Well, I have, but not openly admitted what that resolution is between uh, God and myself. And I'm thinking this virtue of patience, waiting for God in the new year. As everybody's trying to rush and get things done around this time, this busy season, buying presents, uh, I'm sure the gym is going to be packed with people trying to get back in shape for this new year. I thought, wouldn't it be good to tell people to wait, wait for God? And um, the the passage that um, was presented is uh, in James 5, 7 through 12. You'll see it at the back of your program. I'm going to read that together, and then uh, I'll just speak on some points that, that relate back to this passage. It says, Be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. You too be patient and stand firm, because the Lord's coming is near. Don't grumble against one another, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. The judge is standing at the door. Brothers and sisters, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, we count as blessed those who have persevered. You have heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. Above all, my brothers and sisters, do not swear, not by heaven or by earth or by anything else. All you need to say is a simple yes or no, otherwise you will be condemned. There's uh, several aspects about patience that I'm going to be speaking about today. And the first one is um, when to be patient. When, when is it that patience is required? And there's like three, three different areas, okay? The first one would be when circumstances are uncontrollable. In the verse 7, it says, Be patient then, brothers, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop and how patient he is. If you want to learn a thing or two about patience, I would suggest uh, farming. Because farming is a very patient type job. You work very hard to yield the land, and then you have to wait until your crops grow, and then you have to produce that crop into actual income. It's a, it's a patient job that has many aspects which are uncontrollable. You can't control uh, the weather. After you've done all that hard work, a bad snowstorm can totally ruin all the work you've done. 
You know, the economy could not be as strong as it is, and therefore all the work that you've done and waited for uh, has affected it. Uh, heat is one of the, the things that, that can affect farming. I don't know much about farming, but knowing those aspects that there's a lot of work and that there's a lot of waiting and there's a lot of uncontrollable circumstances is probably why God uses farming as a, a big example. Um, you know, speaking of weather, I just, uh, to share a little story, I mean, a lot of us were probably delayed. There was like thousands of cancellations at the airport because of the weather. I mean, I've had very few uh, vacation days left, if uh, none at all, and this snowstorm just comes and completely ruins. I'm thinking, they're going to dock my pay. I'm not going to be able to uh, take any more vacation. Everybody's going to think I'm lying. This huge snowstorm comes. We're in New Orleans, and, you know, I say, it's an act of God. I can't control that. <laughs> so, you know, let's just stay in New Orleans and have a drink or two. Or not, you know, we stayed at the family and just uh, hung out. Um, that's what we did, and that's my story. I'm sticking to it. Um, one, of the circ- one of the things that are con- uncontrollable, and this is a totally sidebar issue and probably has nothing to do with this message, but uh, your name. When you're given a name, you have no control over that. Your parents choose that name for you, okay? My wife and I, um, we've been married for a little over a year, and, uh, you know, we always have discussions about what to name the kids, you know. Uh, I'm thinking something really cool like Ender or something like that, and uh, she's totally against it. Uh, I don't know why, because Ender's an awesome name. It's uh, the name of uh, this kid in one of my uh, favorite, favorite books. My name is George. If I didn't mention that before, you can see in the program, George Peralta. When I was younger, I thought that why didn't I not receive something like Max Powers or something, a strong name like Ethan Hawke, you know, or Tom Cruise. Like, why didn't I get one of those cool names? But I came to terms with it, you know, George. It's a simple name. I'll make it George Washington, the first president. I should be at least proud about that. And then I uh, was in, I think, Barnes & Noble's or a bookstore, and there's those uh, books that, you know, what does your name mean kind of thing. I look through it, and I'm like, I'm sure George is going to say, like, handsome guy, you know, or mean, like, strong guy or, you know, competitive guy, one of these attributes. And so I look at my name, you know, very confident. I mean, like, it's me, it's George, and it means farmer. I'm, <laughs> I was like, farmer? Are you kidding me? Now, this was before I became a Christian, all right? So I was like... Uh, that nothing good can come out of being a farmer. I mean, what great stories do you hear about being a farmer? Then I uh, became a Christian, and uh, there's plenty of stories about farmers, and it always stood out to me, and I, I kind of see that as maybe God speaking to me, that, you know, sometimes you have to work hard, and he uses countless examples in the Bible. Now, I don't, I'm not saying that Jesus wrote the Bible just for me and put all those stories in for me, but I'm just saying... Sometimes these uncontrollable situations in your life, God can use them and turn them uh, into uh, something positive. Another time when you have to be patient is uh, when people are unchangeable. People do not want to change. You probably know someone in your uh, you know, home or in your workplace or in your so- social circles who don't want to change, who are not willing to uh, make any difference in their lives. You're going to come across those people a lot. And uh, in the verse 10, Jesus says, As an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the, in the, name of the Lord. 
the prophets at that time, their only mission was to change people, to re- have people repent from their ways and come to God, you know. And people are very resistant to that. If, uh, if you want to know about patience, jump on the subway. <laughs> you know, if you want to know about patience, walk. yesterday I went to Century 21, okay, on January 1st. Like, that was not a genius idea, okay? There was plenty of tourists. It was crowded. It was out of control. But this is the city that we live in. In New York City, uh, you're going to come across people who don't want to change, who don't want to give up their seat for the elderly, who don't want to move out of the way, who don't want to walk faster than they should be on the sidewalk. You're just going to come across unchangeable people. And that's one instant in which you have to be patient. And, you know, God is in agreement, as you can tell by the lights. Um, (laughs) Another situation. And we'll do this in the dark. I have this memorized. So it doesn't really matter. Just, you know, pretend you're here in the lower. (laughs) When people, uh, when circumstances are unexplainable. (laughs) Like this, like I can't explain why the lights went out, but I know that Kirk is back there working to get them back on. Thank you, Kirk. Let's get... <laughs> when problems are unexplainable, uh, in verse 11, the first part of that, uh, it says, you have heard of Job's perseverance. Uh, Job was what you might call the, in the Super Bowl of suffering. You know, uh, no matter what problems you have, Uh, you're facing with, you should look and read through Job. Um, He was in the Super Bowl of suffering, and he won, you know. In two days, in two days, Job um, lost all his money. He went bankrupt. Um, His children were murdered. He had an incurable disease that was very painful. Uh, He had a wife that kept nagging him, so he took all these things away from Job, and then he let him keep his nagging wife, who who told him consistently, Curse God and die. You know? Curse God and die. His own wife was saying that. His own friends were, what's wrong with you? And for 37 chapters in Job, God doesn't come and explain or talk to Job. Job is probably one of the only people uh, in the Bible who had the, the right to say, why me? Why me? Why are these things happening? And you're going to come across these circumstances in life um, that are unexplainable. You know, you might have been, in your mind, the very first person uh, uh, in line for a promotion, and then they hire someone outside of your job. uh, You can, you know, be in a a marriage, and something can happen that just totally tears it apart for, uh, you know, a time. Unexplainable things happen. Uh, A lot of uh, unexplainable things happen when it comes to finances. Uh, as much as people think that having money provides security, it can be here today and gone tomorrow. I mean, we've all been witness to that, uh, especially during these times. Um, on the sidebar issue, uh, Job won the Super Bowl of suffering, and the Saints won last year's Super Bowl, so I think we're doing all right. Randy said, I bet you I'll hear something about the Saints, and I was like, that's confirmation that I should say that. Well, my wife was like, don't say that. It's not funny. It's like, yes, it is. So we know um, that we're going to have to be patient, 
Okay, that's just something that is naturally uh, going to happen just because we're, we live in a fallen world. This world is not perfect. But why, to be, why be patient? Um, one of the reasons is be, because God is in control. In verse 8, it says, You too be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. Uh, one of my favorite uh, little things that I, I've heard is that um, when talking about history, it's his story. God is in control. God is working. God is, he has a master plan in play that we cannot even see. Uh, a movie that I recently watched was, uh, and I used to watch the show when I was young, is The A-Team. And in The A-Team is this group of uh, crazy uh, uh, soldiers that take the most impossible missions and always come out ahead. And the leader of this group, uh, his name is Hannibal, and Hannibal always has a plan. And at the very end, when that plan comes to fruition, against all odds, he says, I love it when a plan comes together. That, and that's been one of my favorite little quotes from uh, that show. You see, even though a lot of things are out of our control, we can't do it. There's going to be unchangeable people, uncontrollable things, unexplainable things. God is in control, and we have to just be faithful and patient and stand firm that God has a master plan for us. Something that you should know about patience as well and why it's uh, good for you to be patient is because God rewards patience. See, patience is not something only that we get rewarded for in heaven. On this side, on this side of earth, uh, of heaven, on earth, we get rewarded for patience. It says in verse 11, As you know, we consider blessed those who have persevered. You know, if you have your pen and you didn't just drop it off over there when you walked in, uh, circle blessed. You'll be blessed for persevering, for just coming out ahead. It um, also pays uh, to be patient on the other side of heaven and on the other side of heaven as well, where it says in Matthew, and I, this is not in your program, but just trust me, I'm quoting directly from the Bible. Matthew five thirteen through 14 says, Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evils against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. So you can be rewarded here on earth, but also you will be rewarded in heaven. A friend of mine once said that when we get to heaven, it's going to be a completely different ballgame. And what he meant by that was that all those people that you see, um, you know, uh, doing good works, all these great pastors and preachers um, that are doing these great works, they'll be rewarded in heaven. But you're probably going to see in heaven a lot of people that you've never heard about. Those people behind the scenes uh, helping others without any kind of fame, without any kind of uh, 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 reward here on earth. In heaven, it's going to be a completely different ballgame when we see those that get rewards and crowns for what they've done here on earth and not in front of others. Uh, it's hard to be patient here on earth, right? You're going to come across uh, people that um, are doing very unjust things. And uh, we have a tendency as uh, humans that when somebody insults us, we want to insult them back. When somebody uh, criticizes us, we want to criticize them back. Um, When we uh, have something done unjustly to us, we want to get revenge, um, there's a movie that recently came out, uh, The Fighter, with Mark Wahlberg and Christian Bale. And I'm not promoting the movie, but um, I really enjoyed it. It was uh, pretty awesome. 
And uh, in it, Mark Wahlberg it plays this fighter who comes from nothing and becomes a world champion. And in uh, an interview that I saw with Mark Wahlberg, he was talking about how they staged these fights uh, as realistic as possible. Now, they didn't want the Rocky Balboa, like, I, I throw a punch here and you're across the ring and you take it as a, as a hit. A real, he wanted to really show how truthful uh, a fighting experience can be. And even though they tried to play fair, he said that throughout it, even though they knew they were acting, they knew that they weren't supposed to or meant to hurt the other person, he'd throw a punch, his partner would throw a punch a little bit harder, then he would throw a little bit harder, and it would start escalating, and these fights became more and more realistic. And I just thought how much that just totally speaks to human nature of wanting to get back when people do something to you. But being patient and knowing that your reward is not only here on earth and in heaven sometimes helps in overcoming these natural instincts to hurt others. A third reason of uh, why to be patient is uh, because God is working things out. And this kind of plays into what I said earlier just about him having a master plan. In uh, verse 11, uh, continuing uh, uh, repeating that verse, you have heard of Job's perseverance. And he continues and says, and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. See, God is always working behind the scenes. God is always doing something. It's actually that simple. There's so many things that you are not seeing that he's working at. And when they come to fruition, we bless the Lord and we say, how could this have been? And yet God is saying, it's always been. It was in work. Job, um, the first part of his life, seemed pretty blessed. I mean, he was wealthy. He had kids. He had a wife. Everything was good. He lost it all. But in his second part of his life, he had double of that. Sometimes you may feel, uh, like I do, um, that you know, a lot of things are not going your way. Things are, are not happening. You're not moving as fast as you want to work. You're not making as much money as you believe. This year flew by, and look where I have been. You know, what happened to, uh, you know, making 100000 a year uh, more than I did make? But God is working behind the scenes if you're faithful to him. Um, just because sometimes the Lord doesn't answer your prayer right away, it might just mean that, He's delaying the process. He's not necessarily denying you what you want or, or, or are seeking from him. Uh, instead of no, he might just be saying not yet. And there's a huge difference between the two. No means no. I mean, it's not going to happen. And not yet means I'm not ready for you to happen. Because when it does happen, it's going to happen at the right time, at the right moment, that you, uh, it should happen according to God's plan. And sometimes you feel as though that's unfair Well, life is very unfair, but God has a plan. He's in control. He's working things out. And so we learned about, like, when to be patient, you know, when people are uh, unchangeable, when circumstances are out of your control, when um, they're unexplainable. And we know that why you should be patient, because God's in control, because he's working things out, because, um, what was that third one? Because he rewards patience. Uh, but how? How do you be? How are you patient in, when all these things are happening? How are you patient? What do you do while you're waiting on God? Because that's what patience is, right? Like you're waiting for God to do something. You're trying to understand why hasn't He answered my prayer? I've been asking for this every single day 
throughout the entire year. Something that I pray about consistently, and I'm not lying to you when I say I literally pray about this almost every single day, is debt. You know, we live, uh, we have school debt, uh, uh, my wife and I, and we pray about it every single day. Have we been answered fully? No. Have we made progress? Yes. But I'm not going to stop praying about debt just because it's not gone. Um, I'm going to continue praying because maybe it's not God's timing. So what do you do while uh, you're waiting on God? The first one uh, is you wait expectantly. In uh, Psalms uh, ver- uh, chapter 130, verse 5, it says, I wait expectantly, trusting God f- to help, he has promised. In Isaiah 49, 23, it says, The Lord says, no one, waits, no one who waits for my help will be disappointed. No one who waits for my help will be disappointed. It means God is working. But what should we be doing? We should be preparing for him. Working and thinking as if he's going to answer that prayer. He doesn't want us to just wait on our sofa watching reruns of Everybody Loves Raymond, which I love. But he doesn't want us to do that all the time. He wants us to, to be acting as if he's working, as if we're ready to accept him. Sometimes, um, uh, I've heard this saying before that says, Luck favors the prepared. It's, it's a, a many um, military strategists have said that because uh, in warfare, you know, uh, there's a lot of luck. But if you're prepared, you have a better outcome. But I would cross out luck in today in my mind from now on saying God favors the prepared. God favors when you're working towards him, when you're working towards that goal that he wants for you. And sometimes uh, God is waiting on us. Sometimes we're not ready to receive what he wants to give us. Sometimes it's us who's holding God back. He's over, he has your blessing right there for you, yet you don't want to get spiritually deeper. You're saying, you know, I really want to live a blessed life, but I'm not in the mood to serve uh, God. I'm not in the mood to read the Bible tonight. It'll happen, you know, but I want God's blessing in my life. Now, I've been married, like I said, uh, mentioned earlier, uh, for a little over a year, and I've envisioned a great marriage for my life. But it does not and will not come unless I work at it, unless I say to God, I'm ready for you. And how is he going to give me a deeper spiritual relationship in a marriage? Is if we commit to him the time of not watching Desperate Housewives or uh, you know, any of those shows, and decide to read the Bible instead. Decide to pray fervently instead. God, God is waiting for us. And sometimes we have to just take those actions that says, God, I know that you take me serious and everything that I do, but I'm going to take you serious and dedicate the time that you require and the spiritual discipline and maturity that you require. Jesus prepared his ministry for 30 years. I mean, it not it incredible that Jesus, I mean, I, I, I think about his life and I say, why didn't he start when he was 21 years old, you know, or 18 or 16? He could have done so much more. But he prepared for 30 years, and in the three years that he worked at his ministry, where his ministry began, he has made more of an impact than any of us on our own will ever make. Three years, as opposed to what we've been doing. Another uh, how and to be patient is uh, to wait quietly. 
in uh, Lamentations uh, 3, verse 26, it says, It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Now, this may be a little bit difficult because when you're frustrated, right, when things are not going your way, you want to be verbal about it. You want to complain. You want to just say, I'm frustrated at this, and uh, why isn't God doing what I, I think he's going to do? We, can, we tend to get frustrated, and then we can tend to uh, begin complaining often. And God's saying, uh, you're going to get what you want. You know, just stop complaining. I think that when you do that, it hurts those um, around you, and it hurts God's testimony to others. You know, when he hasn't uh, given you the, the job or the relationship that you want, you complain and you say, why? And then people look at you and say, don't you believe in God? Don't, aren't you uh, a follower of Christ? Aren't you uh, believing that he will come to uh, uh, answer your prayer? And sometimes that testimony hurts us. In uh, the verse 12, it says, Above all, my brothers and sisters, do not swear not by heaven or by earth or anything else. Don't swear. Don't complain. Don't get so frustrated that, you know, you, if you're in a marriage, sometimes I get, I get frustrated, okay, about different things, especially cleaning. Isn't cleaning a frustrating thing? I used to have a roommate, my mom, that I used to live with that uh, used to clean the house, and I never used to have to worry about that. She was an awesome roommate. But when you get married, uh, you don't get all those uh, awesome roommate qualities from your spouse sometimes. And you have to share responsibility, which I've come to learn. I'm growing up that you have to do those things. But it frustrates me, you know, vacuuming and cleaning. And it's like, really? Do you need to collect all that dust? Or can we just shift it under the sofa? Nobody's going to see it. Um, And in... When I, that happens and I get frustrated, I uh, tend to put like a pouty face apparently and tend to not be in a good mood and tend to not be joking around. And uh, Donna says like, uh, why are you so upset? And I'm like, I'm not upset at you, okay? I'm just upset that I have to do this. She looks at me and she says, well, I'm the only one in the room that can see you, so are you upset at me or at the situation? And I always try to blame it on the situation. And it's almost the same way when we don't get what we want from God, right? Like, we get frustrated, uh, we miss that opportunity um, at work, and now I'm frustrated, and God is no good to me, and he's not answering my prayers. And then those around you see, like, I thought you were expecting the Lord to do great things in your life. What's going on? So sometimes we just have to be quiet and and, and be ready for God. In uh, Habakkuk 2, verse 3, and uh, you'll just listen along on this one. It's not in your programs. Uh, These things won't happen right away. Slowly, steadily, surely, the time approaches when the vision will be fulfilled. If it seems slow, do not despair, for these things will surely come to pass. Just be patient. They will not be overdue a single day. And uh, the third reason, uh, the third way into be patient is, I think, one of the the most important. And it's uh, waiting confidently for the Lord. Waiting and expecting. Having hope that God is coming, that he is working behind the scenes, that he's going to take these 
circumstances and make it to his benefit. In Micah 7, 7, it says, I will wait confidently for God. In Psalms 37, 7, and you'll find verses like these all over the Bible. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. Just be still. Be still. Sometimes you're, you're going to be tempted to take matters into your own hands, to say, God is not going to give me the job that I want. I'm going to take this other job instead because I feel like he's not working. I'm going to do it. Sometimes you have to just wait and be patient. And this year, instead of saying, set all these goals and try to attain all these things, find those foundational, uh, uh, um, life-changing goals that you are waiting for, God to work on, and wait. Wait for those to be fulfilled. Don't forget about last year's resolutions just yet because the year's over. You know, keep them in mind and say, God is working. I have a hope. And that's what separates us from many others, you know, who don't know God, is that we are able to wake up and literally say we have a hope. There's something that uh, there's a higher power that is caring about what I'm thinking, about what I'm doing with my life. And uh, some things will be uh, uncontrollable, unchangeable. Circumstances will be unexplainable. But I just ask that in this new year, you know, be patient because the Lord is working. He's doing something. He's in control and he has a plan for you. And uh, I just hope that you, you know, really concentrate on patience this coming new year. And instead of setting up a million goals that you don't think you'll attain, remember the goals that you have set up, the important ones, the ones that are people oriented, the ones that are church oriented and say, I'm going to wait for the Lord and I'm going to prepare for what he has for me today. I thank you for uh, coming this morning, and um, let's pray together, and then we'll uh, sing a a, a couple of songs and um, leave this morning uh, feeling refreshed that this this new year, God is going to do some great things. Let's pray. Dear Lord, again, we know that uh, there's uh, many situations that are uncontrollable in our lives, and we know, God, that you are God, and I'm not. You will do some great things in our lives, and sometimes you're just waiting on me, Lord. You're just waiting on me to be ready for you, God. And so this coming year, God, I, I just I want you to make me ready to fulfill those promises you have for me and to really just come into my life and, 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 and to those around me and say, I am blessed, Lord. I am blessed because I know you and because you are doing some great things. We love you, Lord, and we just pray these things, and we ask that you continue to bless us and just give us a great, great new year, Lord. I, um, I thank you, and, and I ask that you bless everyone who made the time to come this morning, Lord, and just start the new year uh, on the right foot. And we pray these things in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Thank you.